What Are You Made Of? It's Mike C-Rock. Welcome to What Are You Made Of? Every episode of this podcast is centered around building ourselves and the people in our lives to reach our full potential. I hope that the experiences and stories of success from these conversations can give you rocket fuel to reach new heights and help you answer the question, What Are You Made Of? What Are You Made Of? I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy and subscribe to the What Are You Made Of podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you like watching these, it's available on YouTube at my channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of What Are You Made Of with your boy, Mike C-Rock. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get right to it. I have my friend today, Jen Duplessis. She is in an industry that, of course, I excel in and I, I love, which is the mortgage industry. She has had great success, top 1% of all loan originators in the US when she was doing it. And now she helps others and helps build people, which I'm a big fan of, of course. And she's uh, wrote a book called Launch, which you know I love that name as well because of Rocket Fuel Concept. And we're going to get into all that with her. But the first thing we want to do, obviously, we always welcome our guests. So, Jen, welcome, first of all. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you. I'm really I'm excited because we've had the chance to actually meet each other during COVID <laughs> yep. in a mastermind that we went to together. And that was so cool because so many people we're meeting are just online, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was cool. It was nice to actually get in person with people, do it the right yeah. way and everything. And uh yep. And connect. And you know, um, the question we always start the show with, which we'll get into more about our our meeting, the mastermind, and all the stuff, but what are you made of, Jen? Yeah. Um, you know, for me, the answer to that question, the first thing that popped into mind was values. <laughs> values. I'm made of values. I that really just keeps my clock ticking. You know, I'm just constantly assessing you know, if things are right for me to be able to make the right decisions to move forward so that I'm not spending time doing things that I don't want to be doing. Right. So when you say values, like, are you talking about your values or valuable uh, activities or? Yeah, both. I mean, I, everything I do, you know, stems from where my values stand and, you know, that determines the activities I do. It determines the decisions I make. You know, and I, I think that's really what I'm made of. If you were to cut me open, a whole bunch of little value bubbles would come out. So, well, what, what are your values? <laughs> My values? Oh, I have three. Mine are faith, family, and stability, both financial and time. Gotcha. Okay. Those are so- my values. So let's dig deeper then. Let's go back in time. And where did you develop those <laughs> values? Where did they come from? And, yeah. you know, I'd like to also know, like, what do they mean to you? Like, what what does faith, I know, obviously, family, you know, I, you, I'm familiar with your family um, since we spent some time together, but what does faith and uh, stability mean to you? Like, what what is that? Where did that come from? Yeah. Take us back. Yeah, well, um, I mean, faith comes from, uh, you know, and I and I think, uh, you know, well, we can talk about family too, because it has something to do with this. But, but, uh, you know, faith really comes from my, uh, you know, my family. And as you know, and I'll just let everybody know, too, you know, I was called Jenny, who ain't got a penny, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> told that I was going to be worthless, uh, you know, that I was going to amount to really nothing be an alcoholic, be, you know, all these crazy things. And, um you know, for me, uh, the one thing, the one constant I had at that very, very difficult time in my life when I was really younger was my grandparents next door. They lived next door to us. And 
I went to church with them every day. We're Catholic. So I went to church to mass with them every day uh, before I went to school. And they would drop me off at school to ensure that I got to school because mom and dad were always fighting or not there working or whatever and worried about themselves. And so, and I was always late when I wasn't being dropped off from um, by them. And my uncle always had to drive me, which by the way, is only a block away. But when you're little, it's really far. (laughs) right everything seemed bigger when we were yeah everything seemed much much bigger yeah and uh you know and they just really instilled in me uh, you know the god first family second career third i mean that that was sort of you know what was still instilled in me and a lot of the decisions that i make about my my current practice you know speaking and and coaching and podcasting really still stem around faith whether or not anything that I do is going to be unethical, whether it's going to impede on something, a commitment I made to someone at my church. So all of those things really play a big, big role in my life. Obviously, family then became very important because I didn't really feel like I had a family because I was an only child, right? So when mom and dad weren't there, I didn't really have a family unless I went to my grandparents and my cousins. And then stability, you know, has always been something for me. Um, you know, making sure that I was financially stable, I wasn't going to be like mom and dad, uh, making sure that my time was stable. And that's really what I coach on and teach people, you know, is priority management and, you know, getting out of the chaos of everything. So, so that's why truly, if you call it phone a friend, right? If you were phoning a friend, I'm phoning my values for literally every decision I make all day long. I love it. I love it, man. I'm big, very big on um, doing things the right way. My stepfather who passed away two years ago, uh, I think this week, actually, his thing was do good, good things happen. Do bad, bad things happen. Very simple. You live your life. Every thought, word, action that you take either is going towards your ideal life or away from it. And you simplify things that way, right? Yeah. Through all the chaos. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And and unfortunately, you know, in the mortgage practice, in the mortgage business, you know, when I was in it and everything that you know, and even today when I coach people, it's um, the values just aren't there, you know, and people will say to me, what's one of your value, you know, core values? And they go, faith, like it's a question, you know, or family. Is that one? Is that one? Well, I don't know. They're yours. But if it's right. your value, you know, family is a value for you. Then why are you working till 11 o'clock at night? The priorities aren't straight. Yep. Yep. Then then there's no intention there. They none, say none. something, but they don't have the intention behind it. Yeah, it's superficial. And that's why everyone's so stressed out and chaos. There's so much chaos and so much overwhelm and I can't get it all done. And it's just not sustainable. And, you know, to have a 35 year career in the mortgage business and be in the top 200 loan officers in the country, it takes some discipline and setting up some boundaries. And that's what I try to encourage people to do. Yeah. So I love this topic because, you know, I'm coaching my team, you know, we have 40 employees here, Nations Lending, and um, Mm -hmm. I'm constantly talking about help. And I want to talk to you about the word help and, and the fact that you need help to advance. You need help from people to great things. And some people think they have a warped you know, concept of what the word help means. They think that it devalues them. They think that they are weak if they ask for help. And you know, I'm trying to get through to my team now. We're really working on three words, help, control, and communication. And mm-hmm. I think that you have to hit those three buttons before you can get success. So speak on the, you know, help and what that means to get to. Yeah. I mean, gosh, it was so loaded. That question was so loaded because I mean, there's a lot of things that I think about, you know, um, there's a quote about, and I'm probably paraphrasing and I don't even remember who did the quote. uh, But anyway, it's, you know, the weakness, the weakness is not asking for help. When you ask for help, you're actually growing. 
And so we have to remember that asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of wanting to grow. Um, that would be the first thing. Second thing is help, control. And what was the third part of it? Communication. Communication. I think that the umbrella for that is collaboration. That's the umbrella for that. Yeah. Is the collaboration that's happening. Um, and especially right now, we're in the, tw- you know, it's funny, we're in the 21st century, but it seems like it only started last year. <laughs> where yeah. people have really leveled up and climbed to these new heights with leadership. And it really is about collaboration. Um, and so when I was growing my team and, you know, had and had my team and my region and the whole thing, you know, it was uh, everything we did was collaboration and really assessing uh, where someone has a weakness, how can we help them? And someone who has a strength, how can we help them share with others? And that's collaboration rather than me coming in and saying, well, I know all the answers because I don't know all the answers. Um, I don't claim to know that. And in order to really build yourself, you have to build other people in the process. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is there's something called above and below the line. And it's above is abundance and below is scarcity. And a lot of people work in scarcity and that's drama, <laughs> victimized, you know, whining, you know, Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt said, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to talk about a problem and you're, and you're not going to solve it, then that's called whining, right? Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, whine. yep. So working from abundance, which is curiosity and collaboration and um, authenticity, which is sort of an old overused word these days and vulnerability, but that's where true strength and power and freedom and collaboration and growth happen is in abundance, not in scarcity. And, you know, I think that that's really important for people to understand. And especially in our business, right? We, we're very coveted on our things, you know, like how I do things. We're very coveted. And that actually prevents us from growing. Yeah. You know, I'm more worried about being successful than being right. So I, yeah. I'm always open to how can we do things better? How can we get yeah. to where we want to go? You know, we want to do a hundred million a month. How do we get to a hundred million a month? You know, that's yeah. something we we're going to have to three to four X where we are now. Yeah. What do we got to do to do that? I'm open to suggestions because I don't care how it's done. I don't care if it was my idea. What I care right. about is it was my idea to set the target and it was my idea to be open to things to get there, you know, yeah, and to so, help everyone else grow, right? Because yeah, in, right. in your growth, everybody else grows too. Yeah. yeah. And, and in relationships and at work. Everybody is too worried about being right. Yeah. And who or cares? Or too worried about not being um, not or being wrong. And there yeah. is a difference. There's yeah. a difference between not wanting to be wrong and wanting to be right. <laughs> There's a very fine difference, but my husband and I struggle with it all the time because I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> he has to be right. Yeah, and there's yeah. a there's just a difference there. Right? But if you but if you're open in communication though, and you talk about look, let's let's yeah. be concern ourselves with being successful, our relationship, yeah. Yeah. taking it to the next level, right? Um, you know, and same thing in business. Then it's about what you focus on, right? Yeah. You know, well, because so. what you focus on is what get ampl- gets amplified. It's always yep. like that. Yep. Yep. So talk about problems, like you know. Uh, what I see a lot is in our organization, people will talk about the problems that there are instead of talking about the solutions. Right. And some people don't believe that there is a solution to problems. Um, Well, there's a solution to every problem. We know that, you know, we know that there is a solution to every single problem. It's how you, how you approach it, what you choose to do with it. But there's a, there is a solution to every problem. There's a book called the no whining rule. 
or the no complaining rule. Sorry, I used whining earlier. The no complaining rule. It's a great book. And, you know, we instituted it on our team several years ago. And, and actually, this is right. This was the year before we became, you know, up in the top 200 loan officers, right? And uh, we said, okay, that's it. No more complaining. We, th- it, I'm over it. Right. <laughs> it's over it. We can't complain, including myself. And we were always just complaining, right? Somebody was complaining. So we started this no complaining rule and we sort of had pieces of it. You'll, if you read the book, you'll understand we had pieces of it sort of around the, the office and everything. And, and a lot of times, and what I learned through not just that book, but other books at that time, trying to figure out how do we solve more problems? How do we get past the complaining um, and the finger pointing, right? Instead of the thumb pointing, there was a lot of finger pointing instead of thumb pointing is um, that we we started working on making sure that that people were empowered and not enabled. And at every level in our organization, um, because people will mimic the leader of every department. So if the leader of your department is a whiner and complainer, everybody else will mimic that and start being a whining and co- yeah. complainer. I mean, yeah. it, it just is, whether it doesn't matter where it is. So so we started working on everybody being in a position of empowerment where um, a couple of things had to happen. You know, if someone came in and said, I, I need this problem solved, that we would deflect or I hate, oh, I hate that word. Um, we, <laughs> I don't like saying that, but we would uh, go back. We would say to them, what, what have you done? Number one, what have you, what have you done? What have you researched to solve the problem? What do you think should be done to solve the problem? And have you engaged the help of anybody else? You know, another expert, some counsel, right? Yep. Some counsel someplace. Have you engaged the expert of someone else? Because most of the time they were complaining about something that they could they could control, as you're using the word control, something that they could control themselves. And so as a whole, the entire organization rose to new levels because everyone was empowered. There wasn't anyone who felt that there was weakness and they were enabled because in the enabling is just easier to complain. It's just easier to point fingers. It's just easier to run to mommy and daddy manager and get the answer. And then that puts a lot of strain and stress where the managers then complain on the opposite side saying, how many times have I had to explain it? But again, they're pointing fingers and not thumbs and saying, wait a minute, let me go let them be empowered. I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at MikeCRock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCROC.com forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now back to the show. Yeah, and and so that's a great point. And control, I think people get a warped definition of control in their mind. I, I look up the definition of things a lot now because it helps me. Yeah, really I know. I remember you saying that. And control, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were talking about this today in our meeting. And I asked people, what does control mean to you? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? And then they go, well, it depends. It depends on what it is. Like you don't want to. And I'm like, whoa, 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 nope, that's not right. Control is always a good thing. Because when I look at control, the definition is the power to influence or direct people's behavior or the course of events and a verb determine the behavior or supervise the running of. Now that's the definition. But then I also look at the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. And when I look at the opposite of control, which I'll pull up here, um, I get the words like, because if control is not good, sometimes that would mean that uh, the opposite of control is good sometimes. Right. 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 So chaos, never a good thing. Lawlessness inability, weakness, mismanagement, neglect, disorganization. So 
when somebody tells me that control sometimes isn't a good thing, they're wrong. They have a warped definition of control. So well, you're organized. You, you become a master of something, you know, you can see the path you're, you know, all of those things are, are great things with, you know, again, empowerment and control. Cause I think that's what, for me, what control is, is empowerment, the ability to control the outcome. Yep. And so that's why I'm encouraging all of our employees, like you're talking about that to, to be in control so mm-hmm. that we don't have complainers. We don't have people that aren't problem solvers. And right. if you're solving a problem, you can't, you don't have time to complain about something. So this isn't okay. just mortgage industry, right? This is yeah, no, it's everything, business, everything. life, everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I, this is one thing I'd really like to do in my talks. And then when I have our meetings is find a word and look up the definition and do the talk around that definition, because so many times people do not understand the definition of words. So right. um, I, I love that. And it, and it really goes to what you're saying. So how did, when you were successful as you were in the mortgage industry, why did you get out of it? Oh, <laughs> well, there were a lot of reasons why I wanted to to get out. Um, I, it, it um, one, when you do something for 35 years, you kind of get tired of doing that same thing for 35 years. And I wanted more there. And I knew there was more, I knew I had more capability. I knew ha- I had more to give. Um, than just writing loans and managing. And I'd done all of it. You know, I'd done all the national manager, regional manager, own my own mortgage company for years. I'd done all of that. And I just wanted more. There was something missing. And I think that we find that a lot in in anything that we do is, you know, you can be really successful, um, you know, whatever capacity it is for yourself. You know, if you're, you've had a great year in 2020 and it looks like 2021 is going to be great as well, you know, but you just feel like something's missing you know, there's, there's a gap there for me. And, you know, having been in for so long, I just felt there was a gap there in it. It just pained me to see people um, who had so much potential just squandering it with all of the, again, the word chaos is in there and the overwhelm and the divorce and the alcoholism and yeah. the overweight, being overweight and you know, like all that stuff. And they were just, you know, sabotaging their lives. And I think that that was sort of the start of it is really helping people. Um, you know, I coached, I've actually coached real estate agents longer than I've coached loan officers because I, that's how I worked with them, you know? Um, but that was one thing. The second was I (laughs) funny little story, but I turned, when I turned 47, I don't know why I just started adding up as going 57. You're over, you're over 47. I'm 57. (laughs) I'll mess with it. It's giving you a compliment. Yeah, I know I'm 57 now, but when I turned 47, uh, I thought 57, 67, right? Okay, 20 years from now, okay, that that magic number of retirement, yeah. 65, you yeah. know, 67. And at the time I was in the business for 30 years and I was like, uh, yeah, no, no, I'm not telling anyone I'm in this business for 50 years. That's yeah. what, <laughs> you know, wishy like old real estate agents do. And that's what attorneys do, you know, and I wasn't going to be in the business for 50 years. So, so that was one thing I wanted to uh, personally fund over a billion, not my team, not my office, my region yeah. or anything like yeah. that. I personally wanted to fund over a billion dollars. And, and I did that. And as soon as I did that, that was my exit plan. I left within two weeks because I had already planned to exit and I didn't, and I wanted to exit before I was 55. That was another little magic thing is I wanted to exit before I was 55 so that I would have enough time on the backside of this, um, you know, of doing origination and being in the business to be able to uh, grow another business, you know, one that I wanted to do. So, so you've only been out two years? It'll be three years in three years? July, in May. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. 
And then did you ever think about like developing a team where you kind of just work on the business and quarterback it a little bit and still do what you do now? That's exactly that, what I had. You, that's that's exactly that what I had. That's how I did a little over a hundred million a year personally, you know, right. on my team. It was oh, just gotcha. me so and you, my team. I had no originators on my team. Uh, my husband was licensed and he would pick up a few pieces here and there, but I was it. Gotcha. Yeah. So, no. So, and I, I had a region, I had a branch, I had a region, you know, the whole thing. I had all kinds of loan officers under me. Right. right. Um, but that wasn't my personal volume. Right. 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 Gotcha. So then you got out, you started speaking, coaching, you wrote a book called launch. Can you talk a little bit about launch? Yeah. Well, actually I've been coaching coaching and speaking for almost 20 years now. Um, and, uh, got to the point where I had to make a decision. I was either going to stay in the business or I was going to have to leave and go, you know, pursue this. I couldn't handle both. It was just too much. And so as it continued to grow, it became more and more difficult to manage both. And by the way, I have four other businesses, so it's not that I just do that. Right. Yep. And, um, so I, uh, I wrote the book actually before I got out of the business and, um, it was just a means to, you know, people would say, you got to write a book and I'm like, okay, fine. I'll write a book. Um, uh, but I'm in the middle of writing two more books and hopefully they'll be all released this year. I'm really excited about that as well. Uh, but launch, you know, was really a book um, intended. It's not audio and it will never be because it was intended to be marked up and scratched out and dog-eared and paper clipped because it's a workbook. I wanted to share with people how to do things because that's what I was always asked is like, how did you do it? Here's my how right there in those right. 200 pages or blueprint, so, or however right? many pages are in there. Yeah, yeah it's it yeah. really is the blueprint for uh, you know the beginning of what what I now you know coach on, but it was the blueprint for it. Is this is the how to do it? And, so what do you what, what do you what do you find that when people you give them the blueprint, they're still not successful? Like, what do you find the roadblocks are? <laughs> well. The road, yeah, the roadblocks and blocks are just, uh, I, I would say, you know, some of it is limiting beliefs. Some of it is cockiness, you know, so there's a difference between confidence and cockiness. I think some of it's cockiness is that, you know, I've been in this business for so long, everybody should just want to work with me. I think there's some cockiness there. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, it's priority management. It definitely is that. And for me, because it's going not going too deep here, but in the depth of my my coaching, uh, it really for me gets down to core values. You have absolutely no clarity of what you're trying to do, so you just go through the motions and reactionary, yeah, you know. Just, and it's like eating soup with a fork, and yep. that's what I see is just a bunch of hustle and the glorification of busyness. And I just don't placate to that anymore because I know there's a better way. Yeah. And you know, it's funny is like when I, when I started getting out of the business and working in the business and then started, you know, running it, you know, there's always this thing that goes through your mind sometimes when you first start doing it of guilt, like you should be doing something like busy, yeah. you know, and I, that's something you got to get over. And I have my partners yeah. now and we're going through this and we're building our teams and we're building pods out and we have to really get across to them that guys, you got to release the control of the, yeah. of everything, give up the control there, give that control. And then you take control of your life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah. not, a, it's not a hero's journey to brag about not having time with your family or being on vacation no. and you're working. Yeah. Like, that, that's not that's something to brag about. Glorification of busyness, you know, yeah. everyone feels like that's, that's success and it's not. And, 
And I just have a lot of um, pity wouldn't be the word, but I have just a lot of empathy for them because if I could just um, get a hold of them and help them understand that there's a better way to do it, that, that, you know, you can go, I mean, in my example, I went from 50 million a year. I was in the top 1%, you know, most of the time I was originating, by the way, I funded the billion in 16 years. It wasn't all 30 years because I was in management and sales management and underwriting and things like that. And so, um, but I was like, I can do better than they can. I know I can. So let me go and do it. Right. Yeah. Yep. And um, so for me, it was, uh, uh, you know, I was doing 50 million a year and, you know, I was in the top 1% whoop de doo and I had no goal to be in the top 200. I just wanted a better life. And when I figured it out and I cracked the code, you know, and I have the combination that, you know, I shared with you um, when I cracked that code, I went to a hundred million. But I was only working four days a week and it had nothing to do with the four day work week. I simply wanted to be on my boat Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And I had to find a way to do it. That's And I had to find a way to not be standing on the boat talking to someone as I'm standing on the boat or floating in the water. I just I didn't yep. want to do it. Isn't it as simple as yeah. just committing, making a decision, committing and then taking every action after that that goes towards that commitment. That's what it really, it's so simple. Every, every word it is. has to go towards where you yeah, want to go. It is. Everyone makes it you know? so complex um, yeah. with, with the, uh, with the exception of tracking because top producers and your one would tell you that tracking is key. It's not sexy. It is boring. It's mundane, but you don't get to success without having a tracking mechanism to ensure that the activities that you're doing and the actions that you're taking and the relationships you have and the systems you build are actually working. You can't just do what everybody else is doing and throw it into a big pot and have this big melting pot of success. It, it yeah. doesn't work that way. Yeah. You got to make sure your job is to get the graph up and make sure the graph keeps yeah. going up. So, all right. Well, look, Jen, I want to thank you for coming on, but I want to, one last thing I want to talk about before I get into the last question, I want to basically share with the audience how they can engage with you further and the best way to contact you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. The best way is just to go to gendaplusis.com and then you can send me an email there and I'm all over the place, you know, just like all of us are, right. Yep. We're all over the Easy. place. Yeah. Yeah. We're everywhere. You know, we're having a workshop coming up on November. Or I, I don't even know what month it is. Oh my gosh. February uh, 12th and 13th. We have a, a workshop called cracking the top producer code of virtual workshop. So um, there's information that you can get there, but you can go to the toppproducercode.com forward slash workshop. It's free. You can get registered, bring a whole team. You know, that's what we're doing. But, you know, I'm always open for any conversation to help anybody out. It's life's too short to, you know, not be happy and enjoy this wonderful, wonderful business of mortgage and real estate. Yeah. And by the way, before I ask you this last question, I'm going to bring you into my team meeting and I'm going to book you for that. And I'm not even asking, <laughs> no, but I want to, I want, I want to, well, we know each other well enough. It's okay. You know, I'm going to tell you what you're going to do, by the Thank way. No. I'll, I'll no, And I'll, I'll listen, ma'am. <laughs> so I want to bring you on because I want them to hear it from someone else and someone that's actually done it too, besides myself, because it's good to hear it from a different voice. And, and we have a lot to learn, uh, you know, as we go, always learning, always seeking knowledge. And so the last question you know about my rocket fuel concept of becoming yeah. unstoppable by turning all setbacks, anything that's designed to stop the average person or slow them down into rocket fuel for the future. What does that concept mean to you? Yeah. Uh, the concept of rocket fuel, right? And you and I talked about this, that we were laughing and I was saying, I had all these concepts before you. No, I'm too. <laughs> that's where I got it from. I stole it from you. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. No, we, I, it's okay. funny because we've talked about this, you know, have launch at night, you know, like all yep. these crazy you yep. know, cracking the ceiling and, you know, all of that. And, uh, you know, I think Rockefeller, first of all, I think it's an inside job. 
The first thing I think of is this is an inside job. You have to change the inside in order to change the outside. You can go around and pretend for as long as you want, but there will be an imposter syndrome at some point that we, that actually is imposter. Um, so work on you so that you can you can ignite yourself, you know, so that you can create the ignition that you need to get that propel, you know, propel the momentum that you need. And that's really what it is. Everything for me is an inside job before you get into the tactical. So if you don't have your head on straight, you're not going to be able to launch. That's the bottom line. Love it. May Thank look you. like a Thank launch and awesome. it may fall. Yeah, no, and yeah. I love it. You know, so many people get that in the mortgage industry, real estate too, man. They'll have a bad thing happen, appraisal, inspection, somebody shopping the rate, whatever it is, and it let they let it ruin their day, week, or even month. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And those that can figure out how to acknowledge as fast as possible, accept what's going on, and then act. Yeah, they they choice. they blow past everyone make a else. Right? Yeah, make so, a choice and off you go. Yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. Well, Jen, thank you so much for joining me. I, I look forward to coming on your show and and I will uh talk to you more uh, about coming on and, and talking to my team. And yeah, well, I well, thank you. And I I can't wait to have you on my show either. So um I think we're booked in a couple of weeks, but I'm excited to have a conversation with you as well. So thank awesome. you so much for, awesome. for allowing me to share my story. Great. No, thank you for being here and can't wait to share on your show. And guys, you've been listening to the What Are You Made Of podcast with your boy, Mike C-Rock. Thank you so much for listening. Please continue to listen, share this with your friends, family, coworkers, and go subscribe to my YouTube channel, Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Also Clubhouse, guys. Clubhouse you know, is, a, is an awesome app. I've been on there speaking. Find me on Clubhouse. I want to engage with you. I want to talk to you, see what challenges you have. Uh, I'd love to do that. And we also have the book launch party for Rocket Fuel in South Beach that's booked. It's going to be at the SLS Hyde Beach. Can't wait, March 11th. And look forward to, you know, seeing you there and then also sharing that, you know, the video from there. And yeah, just... congratulations. I saw that in the text yesterday. Congratulations. Thank, you. Thank awesome. you so much. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What Are You Made Of? Be sure to check my website out at themikecrock.com, themikecrock with no K.com. And let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C-Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, MikeCrock.com forward slash book. That's MikeCrock.com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.